There are two kinds of people in this world. The people who fail to do what they know they should, and those who keep doing things they know they shouldn't. Guess what? You're both. Hi, I'm your host, life and business coach, Marcy Barker, aka your loving kick in the pants. In this podcast, I'll teach you the six steps of my accountability code that will help you wake up with clarity and show up with aligned action steps that make follow through easy and peaceful. All right, let's jump in. Hello, my beautiful people. I am here with the one and only Taylor Proctor. And I like want to yell it. (laughs) Taylor Proctor and I met a few years ago in a mastermind. And I am so excited to dive into the story. But before we do that, let me read you a bio so we know what she's all about. Taylor Proctor is a business strategist dedicating to elevating and scaling businesses to new heights. With experience guiding Fortune 100 organizations and building multi-million dollar companies, Taylor's methods empower high-achieving business owners and elite startups to become dominant forces in their industries. As a certified mentor, fractional executive, and serial entrepreneur, Taylor excels in helping businesses reach their full potential to leap forward. Welcome, 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 Taylor. I'm excited you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here and super excited to dive into all the amazingness that is accountability and just to get to chat a little bit more because I love you and I'm so excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Uh, Listeners, I know you're not going to see the video, but if you don't know what Taylor Proctor looks like, she's this bombshell, redhead, very big, gorgeous smile. And Taylor and I are both very extroverted we don't mind being the center of attention. We don't mind getting the bang for our buck in whatever situation we're in. So Taylor, you and I met in a mastermind and it was kind of funny because we did hit a point where we're like, we're really similar. And in your cut, you kind of bother me, but I want (laughs) to be like you, but you know, we were just so similar that you can't ignore it. You couldn't ignore it. So I also, we we were so similar and we were the only two people like us in this mastermind, like it was so obvious because it was like, oh, very different from everybody else. And then you were very, very different from everybody else. And then it was like, oh, and we're very similar to each other, which is like a rare thing, I think, for like our personality types to, I, I don't know about you, but I'm often the only one. So to have another one of, of me, of another one of us is like really cool, but also a very enlightening experience to be like, oh, it's like that uh, Spider-Man meme where it's like Spider-Man's pointing at the Spider-Man. It's like, hey, hey, you, hey, you. It's oh. kind of it's a little bit of that vibe. <laughs> yeah, totally. And with the environment we were in, it was like, okay, who has questions? It was always, always either us. Taylor or Marcy has all of the questions. And if you guys don't pipe in, we're going to steal all the airtime. <laughs> So we're getting getting our money and our time's worth and making sure we fully understood. Yeah. So remember when we went to that retreat and there was the team building exercise where there was the big net. And so there was a big frame and it was like a spider web, but in the middle of this yarn spider web, there was a hole and everybody had to get from one side of the net to the other side of the net without touching it. And if you got out, you had to go and journal how you felt or what you learned and, and all of that. And do you remember what happened? Uh, I very clearly remember what happened with me. (laughs) You got out first. First. Well, it was interesting because I, I believe we had taught, we had been speaking like 
you and I had been strategizing around it, trying to like, okay, what do we want to do? And I think if I remember correctly, we had figured out like I would go first and you would go last or I would go last and you would go first. So that way we'd have leadership on both sides. And as we were like displaying, okay, what might be the best way to get somebody through the back of my sleeve just barely brushed the, the frame. <laughs> and there was like, nope, you're out. And I have to tell you, I was pissed. Uh, I was so mad. I was like, we haven't even started yet. <laughs> and we had to sit on the side and not talk and yep. just watch. So I can't remember. Did I also get out pretty early? I can't I remember. I don't remember. I've done that several times since. And I always am like, step away from the frame so you don't hit it. But yeah, I don't recall. I actually thought you lasted pretty long. I can't remember, but I, I do recall sitting next to you and us journaling. And I just was like, I know how she feels because I'm pissed. I'm pissed for her (laughs) (laughs) to sit on the sidelines when you know your strengths, you know, your assets, and then just, just watch people be confused and like, they don't get it. And listeners, Taylor and I are both not petite, but we're not big. We are perfect people to be the first or the last because of our, our makeup, because you have to consider those things when getting everybody through. You so, totally do. And I, I would say like, yeah, we have athletic builds. That's like, mm-hmm. cool. You got to jump through, but you got to be little enough to shove through. That's us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I have not done that exercise since. And I am like, I don't want to participate. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> uh, I had, I, I've done it three other times. And the uh-huh. second time after that first time, after the first one getting out, I was like, I'm not doing this. So I was like, I'm done. Like, I, I can't believe that this is here again. I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to do it. And somebody was like, yeah, you're doing it. Just stand next to me. You don't have to do anything, but you're going to participate. And I was like, fine, which is rare that I let anybody tell me what to do. But I was like, all right, whatever. And then yeah. it was like an out of body experience. Next thing I knew, I was standing on a chair saying, okay, we're doing this, going here, doing this, doing this. And we got, it was 65 people through in less than 30 minutes and we only lost 11. And so then since then I've been great with it, but it was very much like a, I was not going to do it. And then all of a sudden I was like, it was an out-of-body experience. All of a sudden I'm like up on a chair directing everybody. And we got almost everyone through with a huge, like amount of time was so fast and we just, it was great, but yeah. I didn't want to do it again after that first one either. So let's talk about that because in terms of accountability, it's like, okay, our lives are made up of habits and patterns. We're going to experience the same sort of situations all the time, whether it's working with a team, working with a partner, onboarding yeah. a new client. Like these are the experiences that happen over and over and over again. So what would you say was a takeaway from that first experience that helped you be more successful the second time? Well, the takeaway from the first experience was, is that as mad as I was, I got to watch it without my interference, meaning Mm. that I saw how I saw the pitfalls of a group doing this completely from an observatory like standpoint, right? I just got to observe. So when it came to that second round, I was able to see, oh, here's all the pitfalls before we even start let's adjust, let's adjust, let's adjust. And that helped us get through so much faster and with such a a low loss rate, which was incredible. And I've heard other people do it before and they never, I've never heard anyone actually get through that many people in that small amount of time. Mm, Wow. So, but it really was like the, the main takeaway is the ability to observe and kind of pull back. And I know this is one of the accountability code 
pieces like reflect I got to pull back and reflect and observe and then see, okay, if I was ever going to do this again, how would we do it better? And then that opportunity came and it was just like, all right, step in, let's go. And I, like I said, I've done it several times since. And the third time that I did it, we actually had the the final person jump through and make it, which was awesome. And so it always builds. And I think that's a great thing about this level and like accountability in that space of being able to see things and do them repeatedly is you just continue to get better when you can pull back and like reflect on, okay, what worked, what didn't work? How do we do this better for the next round? Mm-hmm. I love that because reflecting was necessary. And, you know, when our coach was like, sit there and journal, shut up, don't talk anymore. Like you're, you can be mad, but journal about how mad you are. And I think we need to remember like accountability is not perfection. It's not doing everything perfect, but it's like, where are you at in this moment? Reflect on it, feel it, let it be, and then move forward. Hey listeners, the message of waking up and showing up is yours for the taking. In fact, it's free. I've recorded my entire audiobook and I'd love for you to consume it between episodes. Head to marcybarker.com to get instant access to the accountability code wake up and show up. All right, let's jump back in. So the second step of the accountability code is humility, which it can be a very touchy subject for people like you and I, where it's like, don't ask me to hide myself. Don't tell me what to do. Like you and I are planners. Mm-hmm. We figure out the logistics. We will read every word that is put in front of us. And then we're like, we know what to do. So what would you say in terms of humility keeps you grounded? in your everyday life, knowing how freaking powerful you are. I think it's interesting because to me, the humility comes from knowing that it's not about me. Mm. And there's this way of stepping in where leaders like us, right? It just comes so natural out of body experience, stepping on a chair and suddenly we're leading, right? But it's so natural that when you step into it in a space of like, yeah, I absolutely can do this. I can make it happen. It's going to be great. That makes sense. But when you step into it in a sense of I can do this and I'm better than everyone else, that's when it's a problem. And that's when it becomes about you and not about the people around you. And so I think the mark of a a good leader and that humility piece comes from knowing that it's not, it's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about using my skills, my talents, my expertise to be able to support the larger and greater good for all. Mm, Yeah, I love that. A good reminder too. And if I remember correctly, tell me if I'm wrong or not, but I remember having a conversation with you about top strengths and how you said one of your top strengths was significance. Is that right? Yes. Yay. I have a good memory. (laughs) So I think that that stuck out to me because you're living true to your strengths, but it also needs to be harnessed and it needs to be practiced and it needs to be used appropriately. So I really, I really remember that and look up to you for really owning that. I think that's a really, really powerful thing to do. So well, and I, next- if, I can, if I could elaborate on that for a quick second, yeah, like with the strength of significance for a large majority of my life. So strengths finders 2.0 is what we're talking about. Right. And took the quiz and significance was actually number one. And for a large majority of my life, up until taking that quiz, I, or the strengths finder, mm-hmm. I had thought that like this role of significance was 
me wanting to be the center of attention was me being, you know, just that person that's like, oh, there she goes again. And I had, I had all sorts of like confusion around that. And I would try to dim down my skills and I would, and it would just come out naturally. And it was just this whole thing. And then when I realized that significance was one of my top strengths, it shifted it. It didn't make it about me, right? Going back to the humility conversation, right? It didn't make it about me. It made it about I thrive and I am my strongest when I'm in a position of significance to help other people. Mm. And again, that makes it about the other people, not about me, but standing in the strength. So highly recommend StrengthsFinder 2.0. But yeah, I, I love that you remember that because it was it was a pivotal thing and a pivotal change for me to step into my power while still maintaining that humility and that that ability to actually step into the strengths that I have. Because before mm-hmm. I was, it was always a constant battle. It was a push and a pull, but it allowed permission to be, oh yeah, let's just step into this. And we know it's going to make a difference. We being me and the mouse yeah. in my pocket, of course. <laughs> well, and I think part of me was like, oh, this is important to Taylor. This is something that I'm going to remember because if I was in your shoes, I'd want the same thing. I have the same desires. I want people to remember things about me, (laughs) you know? Um, But I, I love that it is more clearly demonstrated when it's applied correctly. So I think it's really important for people to learn their strengths because it can create a lot of confusion. If, you know, you believe that everybody's annoyed by you, or if you're like, Oh, people are bothered. I actually had, I actually had that experience not too long ago where I was in a situation and because of my hard work and planning, I kind of was just getting these wins, uh, gains. I just was on this uphill and I, everything was great for me. And then okay. I went into somebody's space and I won their grand prize. And I was like, this person has got to be pissed that I won this. <laughs> and so I felt really bad because I believed that they, they, they had to have been so mad that I won it. And I asked him later, I said, I felt really bad for, you know, taking all those prizes home. I tried to divvy them out to what people wanted, but I I didn't feel like I could fully accept it because I had this belief of they must be mad. (laughs) They must be mad. And it's funny because it didn't get cleared up until I communicated with them and communication is my top strength. And my second one is harmony. So that has been an eye opener for me to say my communication is best used with the intention of creating harmony or establishing or regaining it. So anyway, that's powerful. That's so powerful and so helpful to know as you're building and designing like every part of your life. That makes such a huge difference. Yeah. So listeners, um, in my book, you guys, you guys here, you can get the audiobook for free if you haven't yet. In my book, there is a story that talks about the strengths finder test. Also, if you guys have the workbook, there's a QR code in the workbook where you guys can go and take the test. Little insider tip. If you go to their website, Gallup Strength Finder, the test is like 50 bucks. Highly recommend. However, go buy the Kindle version on Amazon for $20 and then you'll get a code and, and you can take the test. But um, Taylor, what would you say in your experience of helping companies grow massively do you take into consideration their strengths what they're good at or or is it just like hard business so as a business itself every business has its strengths and its weak points right but where i really tend to thrive and being able to help these businesses grow and scale is finding the strengths of the individuals within the organization right who is leading what and is that 
something that A, they have a desire and a drive to do that they love doing. And then B, is that a strength for them? Because sometimes we have things that are our strengths that just come easy, but we kind of don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that makes a difference too. in being able to grow and scale because you kind of get locked into, well, I'm good at this, but I don't like it. So I'm just going through the motions. You can't grow rapidly if you're just going through the motions, right? There has to be innovation, not to throw around buzzwords, but you really do have to have innovation, be thinking about those next level pieces and innovation, even not in the company as a whole, but even in the small components, campaigns, products, departments, even what are these pieces that you can innovate in and do things differently? And you have to think outside of the box to do that, which means you have to be in your strengths and enjoying them and have the desire to be in that space. So it really is important to be able to take the company to the next level by really knowing the strengths, the weaknesses, and the desires of the team that is building the company. And if it's a solopreneur, right? Work with those two, right? If it's a solopreneur, same thing. Why struggle in trying to continue? Like why struggle in trying to know all your numbers when you could hire a bookkeeper that I recommend hiring like someone who has a heart of a teacher so you can learn as you go, but stop wasting your time in your weaknesses and really elevate and push through on your strengths and find the help and support in the areas you're weak on and learn from that person so that you're not going to get taken advantage of, but learn from that person. And then you have a full functioning business that is actually catalysting forward because you're moving in your strengths and your areas of expertise, instead of beating yourself up and beating your head against a wall trying to do the things that you don't want to do or you aren't good at. Mm-hmm. I like and that. not for that naturally, I should say, you can of course learn anything. Oh yeah. I think there's a really good balance between figuring out what you're naturally good at and then being like, what do you actually want to do with your life and develop? Cause I have to remind my husband, he's like, I just, am, I don't, I'm not like that. And I'm like, I was, you didn't marry a mom of four daughters. Like I became this. <laughs> a little bit over time. Like I learned, I didn't, I didn't give birth to a 14 year old. Like I've got to figure these things out, but the desire is important too. And that just reminded me when I was in high school, I played soccer for a long, long time. And I was an excellent defender. And I was mad that I wasn't a forward, you know, the person to score all the goals. And I remember thinking, how can I get up in front (laughs) so I can get all the praise? And I moved up to center fields where I was playing the middle and that requires both defense and offense. And I think it's, you've got to follow those nudges of like, where's the mix here of Mm -hmm. where do I want to get better? What are my strengths, but what am I willing to do? And really that's like waking up and showing up. That's what you got to do. You got to figure out what are these things that matter and what am I actually going to do about it? So in your coaching, do you ever, this may be a dumb question. Maybe it's so obvious, but with my accountability code coaching, A client comes to me for one goal and then we get to the deeper stuff and they're like, oh, that actually was not my goal at all. Like I got to figure out with this. How do you do that with a multi-million dollar companies where somebody might not have the ability to be like, I'm done with that goal. I'm going to go soul search now. (laughs) Like (laughs) where where do you find the balance or yeah. How do you approach those situations when something has become so clear that it has to be addressed now? Yeah. So when something has become so clear that it has to be addressed, it's often a, how do we take this off your plate and delegate, right? If you're no longer feeling called to go this way, but it is a necessary piece in the business and we can't let that drop, how do we 
take it off your plate and delegate, which takes training some takes some time, but we'll get the right person in who is passionate about this, who does care about this to help and support you. Again, on a solopreneur thing, let's use the business and bookkeeping side of it, right? Hey, I'm feeling no longer called to have to manage my numbers. I'd much rather focus on these other things. I still need to know my numbers. I still need to be on top of that, but I'd rather have someone send me a weekly email being like, here you go, than have to dive in and figure it out every single time for myself. Great. How do we take that off your plate and delegate? Also, I'm going to say solopreneur and larger businesses, you're constantly pivoting and adjusting. So a product that you may have had or service that you may have had at the beginning may no longer feel aligned. And we actually see this a lot with coaches. I've even done it in my own business where I had a book club for three years. It wasn't the core part of my business, but I loved it. It was a service offering. You know, you join certain amount per month, did it three years strong, still going strong. And I went, I'm not feeling called to this anymore. And being able to shift and go, Okay. Is this something that I can take off my plate? Absolutely. Am I willing to delegate it to somebody else? No, I'm actually okay just to take it off and focus on other things in my business. And there's a lot of pieces of that where you just simply have to ask, do I still want to do this? And not, should I still do this? Mm -hmm. I have to still do this, but do I want to still do this? And if the answer is no, you can always ask why. And you may find deeper down, oh, it's this piece of it that I actually can't stand. And that's only 10% of it. Great. Take it off your plate, delegate it, and you can still move forward with the rest. Or it can be an eye opener of I'm feeling no longer called to this. I'm not aligned to this anymore. I've just been doing it because I feel like I should. How do I take it off my plate and move forward or take it off my plate and delegate? Mm -hmm. I love that. And talking to a fellow power player, I feel very confident when I hear you say like, Oh, I I don't really want this. How do you address people who it's like, you do really want it. You're just scared. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. some people they do want it, but they're too scared to work for it. So they say, it's okay. I didn't want it anyway. And it's like, nah, don't lie. Don't lie to yourself. (laughs) So what would you say to the listeners who are like, okay, I don't feel called to that. And it's like, nah, hold up. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. You did want this. You hired me for this. We're working on this. And now that stuff's hitting the fan, it's time to really figure it out instead of being like, oh, never mind. So what do you do when you encounter that? Yeah. So I alluded to it a little bit in my last response of asking, why don't I want this anymore? Right. Mm-hmm. Ask questions, right? The power is all in the questions that you ask. And yeah. you ask why. So it's like, oh, this just got tough. I'm going to go this other way, right? And we see it all the time. Why? Why do you believe that it got tough? That's the first question, right? Because tough is tough. Life happens. It can be easy. It can be tough. It's all about how you want to perceive it. So why do you believe that that's, it's a tough situation? Oh, well, I spent money on this and it didn't work out. Okay, so why is that tough? Right? Let's go deep. Let's go deep. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm embarrassed that I spent that money and it didn't work out in this round. Okay, but did you learn from it? Did you grow from it? Well, yeah, I'm not going to do it that way again. If I was going to do it another way, right? We're going to do that reflection. If I was going to do another way, this is how I do it differently. Okay, so is it really that you're not, you? if you were really no longer called to it, you wouldn't be able to ask those deeper questions of why and be like, well, this is how I do it differently because now your brain's all of a sudden back into solution mode and you're Mm re-engaged. So I always like, of course, there's many different ways, but I always start with why, why, yeah. why, why. And it's funny because I had had a client the other day that she was looking to expand her business through doing a television show. And she's all set to go. She's rocking and rolling. And then it came to participate 
to pay to do it. And it was like, well, I don't know. Is this coming up? Because you might see a lot of this. I, I do. Is this coming up because it's a sign? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, is it a sign or is it because you're kind of faltering a little bit and let's figure out why. And then I like to look at the actual facts. So in the case of this client, it was a thousand dollar investment for the part that she was going to be moving into. It was a thousand dollars investment. And I'm like, that's not going to break the bank. Mm-hmm. So what is the fear here? Cause it's not fear of losing money. A thousand dollars is something you can make in two weeks. So really what is it? Oh, well it's, yeah, I'm worried about being seen. I'm worried about, you know, and then we find yeah. the other things and it's always a why, 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 why? And then you come down to it and then you can re-engage or the why is like, you know what? This isn't it. I, I feel it in my soul that this isn't the thing that's going to progress me forward. It felt like it was, it no longer is. Now, you know, but you've asked those deeper questions and you've either re-engaged your life in a different direction or you've re-engaged back into it because you're trying to solve for it and step back in. And that's where trust is built within themselves of going through that process of being like, I didn't run. I fully took the time to figure out what the deeper meaning is here. And now I can trust myself to do the right thing or the next right thing. You know, I was gonna say, you had mentioned earlier too, like filling into your emotions, like sitting with them in that reflection type of period, that observation period. And that's huge in this type of thing. Instead of being like, Oh, nope, I don't want to do it. When you ask why, you eventually also get to, because I feel scared shitless. I hope it's okay, I swear. You can believe that. (laughs) It's because I'm scared. Okay, well, why are we scared? But now you're feeling through those emotions and you're understanding them. You're allowing yourself to feel them and then move through, which is another piece of being able to get back on the track and start running. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That's fine. I love that because uh, last week I texted my therapist and I was like, do you have any openings? And she said, yeah, uh, you know, next Tuesday or whatever. So we got on the call and she's like, so what's up? And I'm kind of like, everything's great. I can't remember why I wanted to talk to you. (laughs) And it was because I took the time to sit through those emotions and then It was actually really good because as we continued the conversation, we did get to some of those deeper meanings of like, ah, here, now I feel it. But I had to take the time to process that. And it reminded me, I taught a mastermind yesterday. So you guys are going to hear this way later, but at my masterminds, you guys know that my nickname is your loving kick in the pants. So I'm getting people to implement things right there on the spot, not just talking about it, but doing it. And one lady was having a hard time communicating with people. You know, we had 20 suggestions on how to attract clients to your business. And the one that has come to the top for her was communicating. Do your people even know what you're up to? (laughs) Because how can people buy from you if they don't even know what's on your radar? So we got to communication and I said, how are you going to contact your clients? And she's like, I email phone. I said, do you have an email list? And she said, no, but I have their email. And I said, and phone, you mentioned phone. She said, yeah. And I said, can you call one of your clients on the phone right now and just ask them like, hey, how are things going? I just wanted to communicate with you that this is what's on my radar. Hope you're doing well. And she couldn't do it. She said, no, I, there's no way I can do it right now. And we looked at her paper, what she had already gone through, and she had written down on her paper under implementing or actually humility of what's holding you back. And she said, I'm hiding. I'm currently hiding right now. So um, going through the steps of like, what are you reflecting on? What's holding you back? What do you need to do? People do get scared when the time comes to act, when it 
comes to like put your money where your mouth is. And I think it's just so interesting and in how powerful it is to ask yourself those questions. And of course, get help doing it, whether it is therapy, hiring a coach, all of that. So, okay. Another question I have for you is you have also made a transition into business coaching, but you have been coaching in different capacities for a long time. Did you ever receive any pushback of people who were like, oh, she did this and now she does this? Like, I kind of already know (laughs) the answer because we're so similar. But when it comes to listeners who are thinking about a shift or a change, what advice would you give them? So the first answer is I, the only pushback I got was from myself. I really value consistency. (laughs) So people... (laughs) think that I'm inconsistent and I'm jumping from this thing to this other thing. And, and who am I to, to do this? And then I really had to look at my thoughts and go, is anybody really going to think that? And it was funny because I remember mm-hmm. I had cr- done the crossover. So I was, uh, I was doing transformational happiness, mentoring and habits, right? Habits, the best thing ever. And it totally crosses over to habits in your business, but I had crossed over to the business coaching piece of it. And I had someone say, oh, this is just such a natural progression for you. Uh, like it is because in my head, I'm sitting there all over the place and, and thinking, okay, but this is going to feel inconsistent. And who am I to do this? And yeah, I, I had to ask, okay, why am I asking these things uh-huh. and really process and work through it to then realize that for a lot of people, it was like, this is the blend of what you've been coaching on with habits and mindset and all those pieces combined with my corporate experience in growing businesses and departments and international organizations. And it was just like the perfect blend of the two, but I'd I'd gotten in my own head. So in terms of advice for transitions, nine and a half times out of 10, you're going to have somebody who is going to be supportive, right? You're going to have somebody who's like, oh, that was so perfect. Such a natural thing for you. And you're going to be like, oh, so like you have to really analyze your thoughts first and go, what am I telling myself that's not true? Mm. And here's the other piece of this. Let's say that it is a huge jump. You went from being a fashion designer to a chef. (laughs) I don't know, right? But let's say it feels like it's a huge, huge jump. So what? So freaking what? If you're feeling called to make that jump, make that jump. And guess what? It's still going to pull in together somehow, right? If you were in fashion design, you went to being a chef. I bet you're going to be the best looking chef and have the best eating and all those other things that it's going to elevate your brand now as a chef because of what you learned in fashion. So as far as the tip goes, it's paying attention to what you're telling yourself and how that is impacting your ability to move forward. Then if you really want to, you can talk to a couple people and they're probably going to be so supportive that you're going to be like, yeah, I really was in my head on this. And that half of the nine and a half out of 10, that last half, if it is somebody who's like, oh, that feels out of the field, who are they? Right. Who are they? And I don't even care if it's like your parents, if it's your spouse or like that feels like that's out of left field. Yeah. But you're taking action. I would wager to bet that that person doesn't take action. You know, there's this phrase. Don't get advice from somebody who's not where you want to be and always taking a look at that. And I know that's probably a really, that's a short, (laughs) like, here's what you do. But in that transitionary period, it really was a lot of like, I was in my own head and keeping myself stuck. And how do you get out of that? You ask the questions and then you do find a supportive base, a supportive network. Yes. I love that too, because isn't that what life is all about? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like learning, growing, trying, 
failing, shifting. And I think it's just a beautiful reminder. Any Anybody needs it. And transitioning and shifting really, again, that's what waking up and showing up is all about. Yep. You would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't shift after having gone through experiences that shape your awareness and your abilities. So I really, really love that. Okay. Also, I want to pull yeah. out the millennial in me, YOLO. Like why, <laughs> why not? Right. You only live once. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it is kind of funny. And I'm sure you, okay. I guess we have to say this, you guys, Taylor put a orange car. What kind of car was it again? Oh, are you talking about the, the group, the Facebook group that I posted that thing in or basically that you're talking about my orange car. Cause I have one. Yeah. But you guys, I'm going to spoil it right now. She had two, she manifested double of what she wanted. The reason I was getting to this is that you and I are people that other people expect to go out and get their crap done because we just do it. There's a history of doing it. And I'll let you tell the story in just a second. Listeners, if you're questioning yourself, it's like, what picture have you allowed people to paint about you? And do you want to change that? Are you ready to say, this is me and this is what I do? Because when I go get crap done, people are like, no, duh, of course. Marcy does that sort of stuff. Taylor is the same way. So tell, tell them the story about how you got not just one car, but two of what you were manifesting. <laughs> Well, the thing that does make it extra interesting is that it's actually a limited edition car. So there's only 250 in the whole world. And I had put on a piece of paper. I was like, yeah, I want to get a Porsche and or Porsche, however you want to say it, if I want to be that person. But uh, I I was like, yes, I'm going to manifest that I want this. And I had said I just wanted a Porsche. And I had mentioned I want like orange pinstripes, but orange is my favorite color. And my husband all of a sudden one day was like, Hey, I should caveat with this too. I said, I'm not going to buy it unless I can buy it in cash, not doing it. So that was like the caveat with this going to buy in cash. So my husband one day is like, Hey, like, here's this cool orange Porsche. That's one of only 250 and this person selling it. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. So I had to go through the mental work that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes of, okay, can I see myself driving this car? Do I want to spend that kind of money? And the big thing for me is identity. Like I, I have to, I make decisions wrapped in my identity. Meaning if I can't see myself being the kind of person who is proud and happy to drive an orange car and okay with somebody being like, ew, orange, I'm not, I wouldn't get it. Right. And so I really have to adopt it into my identity. And so I would work towards like, okay, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And we said, okay, we'll get it. And then it just disappeared. And so several days later, I'm talking to my husband because he's the one negotiating the deal. And he was like, yeah, I haven't heard back. I don't, I don't know. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's kind of, you know, let it go. Something better will come along. And about two days later, my husband says, by the way, found another car. This one's in California. This one's actually got 30,000 less miles and is the full package, full sports package. It's only missing one of the upgrades, which is automatically tinted mirrors. Who cares about that? And it's same price. Perfect. Let's go get it. That was in the morning. Afternoon, he says, okay, so how bad do you want the automatic in California? I'm like, I want it. Like that's that's the car. That's the one that's supposed to be mine. And he's like, okay, well, I have something to tell you. 
like what? And he goes, I bought the other car and I was fixing it. So I, it disappeared because he'd bought it. And he, he's like, I was fixing a few minor things. And I was going to give it to you on Sunday. But he's like, I agree that the California car is the better car. Oh, so man. let's go get it. So we flew out. This all happened like in a span of a week. Uh, so a few days, right? We fly out to California. We get the car. We drive it back. And so in my driveway, I had two limited edition <laughs> Porsches for about like two weeks. And then it's really funny. My neighbor across the street was like, I've always wanted a sports car. And I'm like, we got one. <laughs> so she has it. So it's like this super rare car. It's a 2008. So Although there's only 250 ever made with it being a 2008, I actually believe with wrecks and my over mileage and everything else, there's probably a lot less than 250. And we have two on my same street and I owned them both at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I think that is so cool. And I just remember hearing about it and I'm like, of course, of course, that's what Taylor would do because that's just <laughs> what she does. And so listeners, I hope that you have been motivated and inspired today because you don't have to be like me or Taylor to be amazing. You don't have to be anything like us to wake up and show up and do you on a level that feels so incredibly good. And you can also feel comfortable sitting in the corner knowing that people like us will take up the stage for you. <laughs> you know, we allow you to stay in your comfort zone sometimes. But Taylor, is there anything else you'd like to finish off this episode with? I think that you wrapped it up wonderfully. The biggest thing is when you see other people do things, it's not going, oh, that's that's just them. Most times when we see somebody do something and we go, oh, that's so incredible. That's amazing. There's something there that we can reflect and see ourselves in us. There's something there that we can see in ourselves and that's reflected. And so that's an opportunity to not go, oh, that's just them and woe is me, but really just show up, right? Wake up and show up and go, okay, what is it about that that I'm attracted to with it or I, I admire or that just has that little bit of a spark that I didn't see before? And it really comes back. I believe everything comes back to you, the ability to wake up, show up, the ability to reach and achieve your goals, to have the life that you want. It all comes from asking yourself those questions to be able to then go, okay, well, what was that spark? Well, I don't really want an orange Porsche. Orange isn't my thing. A Porsche isn't my thing, whatever. But maybe I do want to be able to say I manifested something cool. Okay, well, what is it that I want to manifest and why? Like to prove it to myself. Like you can start to go down that path. And so, yeah, I think you hit it on the head, Marcy. It's not, you have to be the personality type that you and I are to be successful in your own life. No, you can be successful in your own life by showing up as you, but you do have to show up and take action and ask yourselves the questions to get you to those points. Perfect. 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 So shameless plug on my own podcast, you guys, if you don't have the workbook yet, the workbook is like my book on steroids. So there's a thousand questions in that book that will help you get to the correct answers for you in your life at this time. So Taylor, thank you for your first appearance on my podcast, because I'm sure it won't be the last, but I just appreciate you as a person. I have loved what I have done, what I've accomplished with your help and your example, and you're just, you're high up there in my book. So thank you. Thank you. I feel the same about you. Hey friends, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of your loving kick in the pants. 
If you got any value out of this episode, I would love for you to drop me a review or share with a friend what you learned. All right, I'll see you next Wednesday for your loving kick in the pants.